Welcome to the Game Changers podcast. Each week, we navigate the most important changes that affect pharmacotherapy. Plus, you can even earn pharmacy and medicine CE credit. We know you're busy, so let us bring the learning to you. Click on Claim CE Credit in the show notes below. Now let's welcome our host, Jeff Wall, as he discusses this week's clinical practice game changer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Changers Clinical Conversations. I am your host, Jeff Wall, Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Drake University. How you doing? I hope everything in your world is going okay. hope you're having a good week. Whether you're a healthcare professional, a pharmacist, a prescriber, physician, anything, welcome to our program. Uh, those of you who are frequent listeners know we try to do our best to talk about uh, the latest issues in pharmacotherapy and how they affect boots on the ground practitioners. And if you're a new listener, hopefully you'll find it interesting and um, as importantly, something you you can operationalize in your practice pretty quickly. So um, it's worth noting, I'm a bit of a, a peruser of some of the Reddit thread and subscriptions, and uh, we had, had a little bit of a shout out in the uh, Reddit pharmacy. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate whoever shouted out to us. If you, if you listen to us, thanks very much for that. We need all the good publicity we can get. So I really appreciate it. Today, we are going to talk about something that has been all over the, the lay media the last couple of weeks. And as someone who's had kind of eye problems my whole life, I actually uh, had, had to get hard, old-fashioned hard contacts back when those were a thing back when I was about nine years old because my vision uh, was so terrible. It was kind of interesting to read that big news flash that said FDA approves drugs for, for presbyopia. And I was like, wow, that's you know eye drops for, for a vision condition. That, you know, that's not glaucoma. That, that's kind of interesting. And so I'm digging into it and thought uh, this is something that I suspect a lot of practitioners are going to get asked about. And so kind of talking about what it is and, and, and things along those lines. Presbyopia, of course, is uh, something that I've also suffered as I've gotten older is, is just basically age-related blurry near, near vision. So remember that most of the U.S. population, you know, most older adults basically start to lose accommodation uh, as they get older and they basically get difficulty with blurry nearsighted vision, which of course makes it difficult to read, difficult to do stuff on computers and things along those lines. It's very, very common, um, happens in a wide variety of, of patients. And of course, if you get to a certain age, almost everybody, uh, if, even if they have perfect vision up to that point, uh, will often end up having to buy uh, reading glasses or what everybody, I think in my world, or anyone calls Charles and Cheaters, so you can cheat and, and read what you're going on and you always carry them around your neck or you carry them in a, in a box and you're continually losing them and fortunately they're not all that expensive to buy but it is one of those things that that is, is kind of a pain basically for as, as people get older so um, I was very surprised and, and, and very interested that uh, the FDA has actually approved a drug for this approved an eye drop for this and the the trade name of the uh, of the drug of course being the, the 21st century it has a lot have a lot of action letters in it so it's B-U-T B-U-I-T why? And I was like, wow, this is terrific. And I look at it and then I read that it's pilocarpine solution. <laughs> and so for pharmacists and, and, and everyone, I was like, this is it. It's pilocarpine. We've had pilocarpine eye drops on the market for 60 years. So I mean, what, you know, what makes this any better, worse, different stuff like that? So I was, I was actually kind of surprised by that. I thought it'd be some brand new cool drug that, you know, was cool technology and all that other stuff. And unfortunately, uh, I was a bit disappointed at first to read that it was just essentially going to be pilocarpine 1.25% solution. So why would that work for nearsighted vision? Well, uh, pilocarpine, of course, is a drug again, that again, is, that was actually one of the oldest drugs first used 
used for glaucoma back in the 1970s. So again, again, you know, way long time ago. And so the drug works as, as basically a muscarinic receptor agonist. And so basically in layman's terms, what that means is it just basically causes meiosis. It basically causes the pupil to shrink. And that's great because that helps you focus in on things nearsighted, right? So yeah, mitotic drugs work, uh, mitotic eye drops work by basically, you know, making the, the pupil small and that allows you to focus in a little bit better on nearsighted things. So, and doing a little digging in this, I didn't realize that in the 1970s that people in fact did use pilocarpine for this exact reason, that in fact, in the 1970s, it wasn't common, but it wasn't unusual for ophthalmologists to prescribe pilocarpine drops two patients who were complaining of really bad nearsighted vision, who uh, age-related nearsighted vision loss or blurriness where they hadn't, they didn't want to get reading glasses for a variety of reasons. So you may say, well, then why was that abandoned? Well, it was abandoned because unfortunately, pilocarpine eye drops hurt really bad. They sting really bad when they come in. And, and, and so of course that makes adherence really, really difficult. The half-life in the eye is actually very short. So that of course requires people to apply the drug multiple times a day. And if it stings really bad every time it goes in, that's going to make not be too swell. And people often complained because of the meiosis that occurs that they get headaches, especially if they were exposed to bright light a lot of the times. And, you know, I'm sure some of you probably had that when, when if you go to the eye drops and get the opposite, you get madriasis when the doctor puts in the madriatic drops to do a complete exam. And, you know, you, you walk out into the sunlight and get hit and it feels like you're, you're in, a, in a super bright thing and that often leads to headaches. The opposite can occur in patients as well with, with mitotics. Also, you gain some of that nearsighted vision but because your your pupils can't expand, your night vision really, really uh, declines. And at night, our, our pupils expand so we can we can absorb all the light we can to see around us. If you were to take this like right before for nighttime, you might have a difficult time seeing at night. So that's a real strike. And there was actually some reports of pilocarpine used for this purpose, more so in higher concentrations that are, that are what's being recommended here in the VUT uh, eye drops, causing retinal detachment. So it was an interesting idea, but unfortunately in the 1970s, it was largely abandoned because of that and because the, the numerous side effects. So I have to admit, I, you know, I was pretty disappointed when I saw, oh, okay, so this VUT stuff is just basically a 60 year old drug. So what allows it, you know, what, you know, is there any sort of advantage that it goes on here? And so the company that makes it, which is Allergan, which makes, makes a ton of, of eye drops, they do have a proprietary system that's called the PHAS system or FAST. I, I probably, that's how it should be pronounced, PHAST uh, system, which allows the drug to rapidly adjust to the physical physiologic pH of the tear film. And so the theory with that is that it not only will make it much less painful to put in because it decreases the sting that comes along with it, but there's the theory that it may improve efficacy that may actually keep it lasting a little bit longer than having to give it multiple times a day. So that's the theory. And again, we don't know that for sure, but I think that is one of the, the one of the things that FDA considered when they got the drug, drug approved. So, you know, even though it's an old drug, there is this fast or pH acid technology that they've dissolved the eye drops in that at a minimum should at least make it less painful to put the eye drops in. So what's the data that we have that this drug works? So the clinical studies that got the UT pilocarpine drops approved by the FDA, unfortunately, have not been published in the peer-reviewed literature. So really all we have to go off of is the information at the CEDAR website for the FDA and, of course, the information in the press releases from, from the company itself. So keep that in mind. That's what we all have to go off of. But basically, 
basically the drug was approved based on two phase three studies called uh, Gemini 1 and Gemini 2. They evaluated, again, this, this pilocarpine uh, eye drop for the treatment of presbyopia. In the studies, they had a total of 750 patients aged 40 to 55, again, kind of the prime time where, where people are working still, but are going to start to develop this nearsighted blurriness. And they were randomized then in two studies in a one-to-one ratio to either the VUT pilocarpine drops or placebo. They were then instructed to administer one drop of VUT or placebo uh, once daily in each eye. You could argue, and I, I think it's reasonable to argue, you know, how if they was a double-blind study, you know, um, were patients really blinded if they put in placebo saline drops and nothing happened? Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, unless they put something in the placebo to make it sting a little bit when it came in, you could argue that double-blinding may have been kind of problematic there, basically. So the primary outcome in the study was patients gaining three lines or what, what, what is the ability to read three lines on a reading chart. So interesting, you know, I think that's pretty practicable. I'll admit I'm not an ophthalmologic study reading person. Probably not the good way to say that, uh, just because, you know, again, in my world, I don't tend to have to read a lot of ophthalmologic studies. But I mean, that certainly seems to my eye, no pun intended, to be a reasonable primary outcome that if that, you know, if, if you're doing this and, and you're basically putting a book in front of somebody at a standard distance, can they read three more lines than they would normally could? And then they also had to be able to look in highlight or low light. They had to be able to not lose more than one line of corrected distance visual acuity at day 30. 30 versus placebo. So basically they would gain at least three additional lines on a reading chart or more in either low light or in highlight. And then they did not lose more than one line or five letters of corrected distance visual acuity at day 30. So what they found, and again, I can't give you a really good numbers just because again, the, the studies themselves have not been published. Really all we have to go off of is basically what's in the studies, but the press release notes that in both studies, more people in the pilocarpine group met the primary outcome compared to the, to, to the original group and peruse a little bit deeper in Gemini 2 anyway. They found that the drug effects have peaked in one hour when about 37% of patients in the pilocarpine group achieved this primary outcome compared to 12.1% of those compared to the placebo, which was a statistically significant difference. So again, you know, about 20% more people were able to read 3.3 lines. But interestingly, unfortunately, after the first hour, it rapidly declines. Only only 16.3% of, of patients were able to do this and meet that primary outcome at hour, at hour six compared to 10% of placebo. So basically, it seems like you get most of the bang for your buck in that first couple of hours after you apply the eye drop. Again, what we've known about pilocarpine eye drops from its use in the 1970s is that you had to apply it and apply it multiple times a day. Again, we don't have a lot of detail on this, but both the, the FDA website and some other websites note that uh, they also did a uh, a variety of questionnaires on the patients trying to see, you know, how it helps their quality of life, what it helps with their coping behaviors. And it did find that people who were receiving the pilocarpine eye drops had basically improvement in their quality of life, that they uh, used less coping behaviors to manage the presbyopia compared to the people in, in, in the placebo. So again, I unfortunately don't have solid numbers to go off of. They, the studies haven't been published, anything along those lines. So that's the efficacy. Well, what about the safety? And of course, you know, uh, even though I'm sure generic uh, pilocarpine 
dropping eye drops are dirt cheap. You can bet this isn't. So what's the cost? Talking about in Viuti, which is the pilocarpine eye drops that was just FDA approved. And you know, first the first eye drop, to my knowledge, FDA approved for presbyopia or that nearsighted blurry vision that we all almost all get as we pass age 40. So unfortunately, as I said before, we don't have the, the clinical trials to read. So I just have to kind of go off of what, what I found on the FDA website and other websites. But basically, the Gemini 1 and 2 study did find that at least for the first couple of hours, pilocarpine did seem to improve in at least a third of patients, their ability to read at least three more lines than they would have before without any sort of vision correction. So that that's, that's I, I guess, a good, a good thing and, and seems to be a reasonable outcome to me. But as I've mentioned, one of the reasons that pilocarpine was abandoned in the 70s for this is safety issues. And so what did they find in the study? Well, they actually found that, unfortunately, even with this fast technology thing, there were more side effects uh, in the pilocarpine group compared to placebo. 15% of patients who took pilocarpine reported headaches compared to 7% of placebo. They were mostly mild and transient. Conjugal hyperemia, so kind of red eye uh, and eye pain were also uh, reported at higher rates compared to placebo. But it, it's worth noting that the numbers did seem to be lower than, than historical administration of pilocarpine. So apparently this technology does in fact cause less stinging uh, sensation when adding it compared to the, to the old versions of pilocarpine. It may also be that they're just using a relatively small concentration of pilocarpine that may, may, may play a role in that as well. So, so it seems like this fast technology thing is making it a better tolerated version of pilocarpine than previous versions, but we still have significant patients who are going to have some issues. And I think that's worth noting. It's also worth noting that in the package insert that that, that warnings precautions again talk about poor illumination, that patients should exercise caution in night driving other hazardous occupations and poor, poor illumination because again, this a difficult ability to see in the dark when your pupil is constricted. And they do have a, even though it wasn't reported in the Gemini studies, they do have this warning of risk of retinal detachment because again, retinal detachment was found with pilocarpine in, 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 when it's used in the 1970s. Also, of course, the other thing, and this is pretty rare, but acute narrow angle glaucoma can be precipitated by uh, pilocarpine or other drugs like it. Fortunately, that type of glaucoma is very rare, which is good because it can be sight-threatening. But um, if someone had risks of developing acute narrow angle glaucoma or a history of acute narrow angle glaucoma, they obviously wouldn't be, be, be candidates for this medication. And I think that in the end, that's the reason why patients will have to have a pretty good ophthalmologic exam before they're even considered for this. And so this is not going to be the sort of thing. I mean, now I find that I'm having a harder and harder time reading my computer every day. I can go down to Walgreens and they've got a big, huge rack of reading glasses and I can just keep trying them on until I find one that seems to work pretty good for me and they're pretty inexpensive. This will require a formal evaluation by an eye specialist, either an optometrist or an ophthalmologist, depending on the state you're in. And then they'll determine wh whether you're a candidate. And then of course, then you get to pay for it. And uh, generic pilocarpine drops are, are fairly inexpensive, as you might imagine. That is not going to be the case though. I'll be, I'll be honest. It wasn't as bad as I thought. It seems that they're going to be pricing this medication at between 80 and $90 a month. So, I mean, as those things go, especially for eye drops, some eye drops can be hundreds of dollars a month. It's less expensive than that, but then you have to ask yourself is, you know, being able to see better, you know, at your computer screen for, you know, maybe one to three hours a day 
you know, uh, worth 90 bucks a month, my guess is most insurance companies are probably not going to pay for this medication. So my guess is you're probably gonna have to pay for it out of pocket. And, and it's, you know, it, you know, whether then, you know, you could buy, you know, a couple of pairs, multiple pairs, really of, of, of reading glasses for, for that 90 bucks. So I think, you know, it really, I think, comes down to the irritation factor of having to put on and take off cheaters. How much does that bother the average patient? And is it worth the, the cost? Is it worth the potential side effects that they, that they run into? So, so bottom line for this is, is, I mean, I was really hoping, again, as someone who's kind of had vision issues my whole life that, you know, hey, this is, you know, maybe this be the first of a series of really cool eye drops that could be used in place of vision correction technology. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, even, even from the data, even though we don't have the studies completely out yet, this seems to be a bit underwhelming. I don't think this is going to cause, you know, the millions of people who wear reading glasses to, you know, throw their glasses in the, in the trash and run to their optometrist and, and ask to be put on these eye drops. I don't think that they're going to find in, in many cases that the cost and the potential adverse effects are worth the not having to put on, you know, put on uh, reading glasses for a couple of hours a day. So it'll be very interesting to see. It sounds like the company is also has further studies looking at multiple uh, administrations of the drug to see if, if, if the effect can be more long lasting. Uh, but as of now, even though it is FDA approved and, and even though it isn't a, a million bucks a month, I'm pretty skeptical that this is going to make any major change in a lot of patients who use reading glasses, in my opinion. So, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. And that does it for this episode of, of Game Changers. So uh, not exactly uh, the most life-threatening thing, but something that, that, again, I think prescribers are probably going to get and, and pharmacists are going to get a lot of questions about. So hope you liked the episode. We will see you next week. Um, until then, remember, time flies. I don't know where it's going, but the most important day is today. Take care. Thank you for listening in. Claim your CE credit by clicking on the link in the show notes below and check out CE Impact's other education at ceimpact.com. We curate the most important information in pharmacy and medicine and then deliver it to you. Join today and connect your learning to practice.